Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. News team, assemble! back and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob all right welcome back it is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast uh here from soonerscoop.com and we're here on a friday which uh the boys are a little bit surly. Uh, we wanted to do this podcast just like we always do, but we thought, uh, damn it, let's wait until Jackson Dart makes his decision. There was a Jackson Dart non-siding siding in Norman. Uh, the buzz was all over the place as of Tuesday night, and then uh, Dart goes to BYU, and we still have no idea when a decision is going to come. So we thought, damn it. Let's just do the pod, uh, and we'll blame Brigham Young uh, for it. Not the university, but just Brigham Young, because who doesn't want to blame someone a religion's been named after? Steve Young is his, like, great-great-great-grandson. Wasn't that right? Yep. Something like that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, I welcome in, boys. Here, but we have ruled out Sunday as a day that he can announce it. <laughs> uh, if he does, he, he needs to the, do it uh, with a big cup of coffee while he's just, just break all the rules. Ca- you know, they can't you have drink caffeine. Coffee? Oh, caffeine. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. It can't be decaf, yeah. Just do it like with a venti latte or something. I don't want to get anybody excommunicated. Well, if he announces Sunday, he will be. That's why I think we can rule out Sunday. Hopefully it's all... I, I was telling them, I don't know if you heard us, but it's like, I think it's getting close to where, like, the Caleb Williams stuff is going to be done finally. There's going to be a little bit of room where everybody can breathe, but it still feels like uh, we're still in the wait and see period. At least we're, you're only waiting on one or two players, right? I guess the thing you wonder is if Jackson Dart goes elsewhere, does OU jump in with JT Daniels or something like that? Do they still feel the need and that there is someone out there worthy of being a second transfer quarterback? Well, and Seems after like J- after you know the the JT Daniels thing goes, I mean, you got to wonder if Lane Kiffin knows he's not getting Jackson Dart for certain now. And like, I I mean, does OU know something? Yeah, that was the that was the most interesting thing coming out of Thursday during the wait right. and see period was just the uh, the report out of Mississippi that Lane Kiffin had met with JT Daniels as well as the wide receiver that had entered the portal from Georgia. Uh, that's a good question though, Bob, like I, I haven't heard anything. We had always heard all along that they were going to take that second quarterback, but you know, if they weren't going to go after a JT Daniels and if Jackson Dart isn't an option, uh, you do kind of start wondering like what else is out there. I don't think that there's very much in the portal as far as guys that they would go after, uh, you know, 2022 quarterback. I don't know. Like, and 
I guess, is Micah Bowen kind of the forgotten man in Norman? Like, I still don't think he can throw, but I guess he's still a body out there. I, I really don't know. It's, it, there's some interesting questions uh, that would need to be asked if uh, the dart thing doesn't work out. But no answers. And scene. <laughs> still no answers. Sorry. Like, uh, we're not going to make up stuff just to say, just to have it out there. There's just yeah. no answers. Well, right I, was, you know, I was talking specifically, apparently, on this podcast, but, you know. Well, you know, there have been like some interesting like hires, like the continued uh, staff stuff, Dan and Norman, that we can get into. Uh, It's a a big weekend from just a recruiting standpoint with uh, a big weekend last weekend with all the transfers that came. Sure. With the with the transfer portal guys this weekend, probably more high school heavy. Uh, It's kind of interesting. And, you know, I, I think if nothing else, it's. It's been very apparent that, you know, Brent Venable's staff, uh, you know, as I guess it is uh, in an official capacity now, uh, they've been they've been rather active on the recruiting trail just as far as getting out and seeing people. And, you know, I think something that we can talk about just almost a more uh, I don't I don't want to say like reemergence in the Oklahoma prep scene, but it certainly has become apparent that they are trying to get out more to high schools that maybe they hadn't been at or at least make it make their faces be known more than, than has in recent years. Yeah, I, I think that is, you know, and I, I'm seeing, you know, it, it's funny because I get these messages where, you know, you'll see Joe John Finley at Carl Albert or, you know, some of these places where obviously a lot of good football players have come out of those programs, even guys that have gone to Oklahoma, but maybe don't have a guy right now that is, that is, oh, you know, going to be on OU's radar but they are going in and this is something I've heard, you know, for 15, 20 years, this isn't something I'm just going to pawn off on Lincoln Riley, but it's something that Oklahoma high school coaches have talked about at times where, Oh, you guys wouldn't come through unless we've got a guy like, and, and that's the only time we kind of see them. And that's the only contact. And I'm not sure that's always a fair criticism, but I do think that this staff is trying to make it clear Hey, we're here. We're going to be present. We want to, you know, we want to be part of, you know, kind of the Oklahoma high school coaching community. Um, and really, cause they understand that, you know, when those coaches have a relationship, they are more familiar. They're more likely to bring the guy to your spring practice. They're more likely to bring a guy down to bowl prep They're, You know, you just run down the list. You are going to do better when they do have a player because of the groundwork you laid when they didn't. And I, I think that's what you're seeing in a lot of these cases. Now, not that plenty of schools don't, I, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of tape study and there are some really interesting Oklahoma preps guys over the next two or three years, but I, I just don't think, I, I think it's more about looking to the future and understanding what that could mean more so than OU is going to go offer 27 guys in the state. Kind of goes back to all just the things that I guess in a way that Brim Venable said at his opening or introductory press conference, just talking about how important relationships are. I, I think that kind of reestablishing a little bit of that is uh, probably needed. You know, guys, I don't know about you, but it's, it has been telling to me that almost verbatim what Brent Venables talked about in that introductory press conference is what we're seeing happening. Like when the when I talk to these players about what they like about the coaching staff, what you know, kind of the the sales pitch is, however you want to put that, 
it's it's what Brent talked about. I mean, it, you know, or even look at Makai Wingo. Kid didn't pick Oklahoma and went to LSU, and that's fine. But he talked about, you know, he sent out that tweet Saturday night that I think we all four read as, okay, he's probably not coming to Oklahoma. And he said something like, no matter where I go, Coach Venables and Coach Bates are two of the realest guys or two of the most genuine guys or something like that that, that I've ever met. And that's what OU is now. I mean, that that's clearly what they want to present is, you know, what you see is what you get. We're going to tell you the truth. We're going to be honest with you. We're going to be upfront with you. And I, I think, you know, not every kid's going to love that, but it's kind of like what Bob used to talk about where you're weeding out the guys that wouldn't have fit into what your ideals are anyway. You're not just getting, oh, he's the most talented guy and he's going to leave anyway. So I, I think that is, um, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. And I think something they'll build on over the next year or two. So, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, we know on campus, taking pictures, all that stuff. Um, let's say, you know, Jackson Dart does pick BYU. I think a lot of people have asked me the last couple of days, like, well, what then? What happens next? You just roll into next season with Dylan Gabriel and that's it? Or do you go I, after I somebody that's, else? That's kind of the biggest question out there. I, I really, like, I don't know what else is out there, guys. I, I don't think that they would end up going back into uh, the 2022 quarterbacks that are available I don't even think that there's much there I in a way do you just kind of pack it all in and say okay this is where we're going with Dylan Gabriel as the quarterback uh, you wait to and, see what happens after spring practices sure sure if that's that's probably the best best plan of action I mean I guess you would just have to have Dylan Gabriel Micah Bowen Ralph Rucker as your your three quarterbacks because we all know after well, spring practice there. after spring yeah and Evers obviously yeah after, I, I, yeah. I already have Evers you know slated as the, right. as the backup yeah. if this is the way well, that's it's kind of up he has to win it first well well he's going he's, to. I, <laughs> sorry Ralph. Ralph Rucker might have something to say about that <laughs> but but Fix, you remember the last uh, time Ralph Rucker went head to head with a scholarship quarterback <laughs> Eddie do you have your own Ralph Rucker nil deal that we need to know about. <laughs> Uh, no, I, well, and I think Tanner Schaefer might come back and play. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe he comes back and uh, goes for an eighth year in Norman. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, what, what, happens, what, what happens, what happens when Lincoln Riley entices Dylan Gabriel to transfer after the spring, after Caleb Williams spurns him for, you know, Georgia or UCLA or whoever. Call Caitlin Jenner and have him run, uh, Lincoln Riley over as well. <laughs> So, um, I no, but you're right. I mean, Nick Evers is. I mean, that's sure. That's probably, but you don't want to go that that way again. No. Like Lincoln Riley conditioned OU fans to think that's okay. That true freshmen should be your backup quarterbacks. That's not how it should work. I could see them going for someone after the spring, but if they did that, that guy would sort of be accepting. I'm I'm the backup. And of course, yeah. that's really I, hard to do with any quarterback. Oh, and I, I think that that's I, I think that's the, is that not what Dart is having to kind of wrestle with right now, or at least, yep. you know, I, I think that that yep. was kind of the emphasis of the uh, the meeting that they had. And I heard the uh, the the visit in the Dart home was almost five hours uh, during the week with when uh, Lebby and uh, Venables went out there. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest conversations is. 
if you come to Oklahoma, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a battle. This isn't a predetermined uh, situation because of my relationship and thinking this is what Levy's saying. It's like it's not he's not quarterback one just because we already have a relationship. When do we really have a relationship? I mean, I know they recruited him to Central Florida, but at the same time, I mean. Have we overemphasized the relationship between Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levin? That's a new word, right? There. You just invented a new overemphasized. Overemphasized. I I saw a statement being put out by somebody on Twitter, and I that word like immediately went into my brain, and then I said the other were they thing. were they not together for the 2019 season? I mean, they were th- they were together, but it's not like they've been boys for the last five years you know i i think that while they do have a relationship i wonder if we have i don't know maybe not i guys i i think so much of it to me seems like we've made it cl- i mean it's clear how important levy is to gabriel I don't know if that's reciprocated i guess would be the way i would look at well, it and i don't back, i don't mean like this. levy doesn't like gabriel just He's followed Levy. Levy hasn't done anything other than recruit a guy at a position of need. I think I was the first person that brought Gabriel up on the podcast, and I said how much I liked him, and that he kind of even reminded me of a little mini Baker just as a gunslinger. And I remember after I finished saying that, I was met with crickets. Like, you guys were like, okay. Like it's it's not like Dylan Gabriel is a you know a Heisman front runner coming into this season or anything. He's he's well, he's a really good quarterback who part. I like, but it's not like he's yep. he's just going to come in here and dominate and, and no one's going to be able to beat him out. I, I you know I, I mean that that's the thing I think we'd all agree Dart's more talented. Start. Yep, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Uh, now would, I would bet on Gabriel. Start. Okay. I, I mean, I would at least early in the year bet on Gabriel. Uh, one thing I did want to say because Bob was talking earlier about you don't you know Lincoln got us used to the backup quarterback being a young guy and that kind of thing. Guys, I I think especially at major programs like Oklahoma, Georgia, for the most part, you're going to be living that life sometimes, like a, a fair amount of the time because. You're going to get elite guys that want to come, and once they realize that they're not going to be the starter, they're going to leave. And then you're going to be left with whoever the next big-time guy is and who's probably a freshman. And so I I think it's going to be hard to expect a backup to be – and honestly, I would rather it that way than just some guy that's like, oh, he's experienced, but he's not very good. As your backup, like I, I do don't think, think that, that's the way you want that to operate. Do you think that maybe not Todd Munkin, but do you think Kirby Smart is kind of like, yeah, I mean it's great. I mean having Stetson Bennett back, but you know I got to think about like what that does to Brock Vandegrift. I mean he's already losing JT Daniels, uh, like or TJ Daniels, whatever he's, uh, but like it's not great for your young quarter. Like you're a team, and he did some nice things in the fourth quarter in that game. But he did a lot for them to lose that game, too, in the first three quarters. The fumbles, the interceptions, uh, the, 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 well, the, the two fumbles. Basically, he, got, he recovered the one. But, like, that team can win a national championship with a young five-star quarterback. 
Yeah, not to mention, aren't they really high on the kid that they just signed as well? I mean, wasn't he down at the uh, Gunner Stockton? Wasn't he down at the Army game tearing it up? Oh, yeah, he was. Last couple weeks? Uh Yeah, it it, it definitely feels like a situation at Georgia that's like they love Stetson Bennett, but he's also going to be a 24-year-old, 60-year senior. And you're trying to move. Who has no NFL aspirations. (laughs) And you're trying to kind of do that. Saban thing where he went from you know uh Jay Barker to you know and then he kind of went through AJ McCarron Jay, Jay Barker Jay Barker was like 95 Jay Barker was 95 I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the Florida State transfer uh um uh uh, uh Coker Jacob yeah, Coker Jacob Coker yeah Jacob Coker yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going from the Jacob Coker trying to get to the you know Bryce Young era that's not happening mm-hmm. if you have Stetson Bennett for another year. And this is a whole different discussion, but I'm just saying, sure. like, that's the thing you think about as a head coach in their situation. They've got more talented quarterbacks, and that might be the same thing with Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Dart. Like, Jackson Dart is clearly the more talented player. Dylan Gabriel, I would say, I think he's better just overall you know, talent-wise than Stetson Bennett, but I, I don't think it's that big oh, of a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's not like going from Bryce Young to to Stetson Bennett. I mean, it's the gap is not that wide between mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel and yeah, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, that's fair. And that's you just fair. wonder if Jackson I would Dart say... feels like he can trust anybody after what hap- yeah. what sounds like happened between him, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley at USC. That no matter what Levy and Venables say, he's going to fall back to what happened at USC, and it's just going to make him skeptical the entire way. Or his family, at least. Yeah. Well, and if there's anybody's word you can trust, I think it's got to be Lane Kiffin, right? I mean, that's that's a guy. I you know, if he says I'm going to stay somewhere for a while, I think he's definitely going to do that. Wow, that fell flat. There's probably coke dealers that you can trust more in Oxford than Lane <laughs> Kiffin, and hell, it, that might be the same person. Hey, the man worked in Boca Raton. He knows some of those guys, so don't worry about it. That is true. You think an Adderall dealer is more trustworthy than a cocaine dealer? I don't know. I'd like to. Tr- I'd like to see though. <laughs> God. <laughs> Again, things that you shouldn't say to your two bosses. <laughs> we'll uh, strike that from the record. Then imagine like I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, we'll just pretend just like it, it never happened. And the embodiment of the differences of your two bosses. I'm cracking up laughing, and Carrie's like, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> it, it is super interesting, though. Like, just the, the whole Jackson Dart, like, situation. Because you talk to people on the old Miss side, they seem confident. The do they, though? Do they seem, seem confident anymore? I mean, like, hasn't that changed uh, I, in, a little in bit in the last days, 48 hours? Yeah, It's sure. waned. In yeah, I think that's a great way to say is, it. But Oklahoma people seem somewhat confident. I don't think that anybody truly really knows what happened during that five-hour meeting uh, in Utah. And I just think the BYU, that the BYU, thing, BYU like, trip changes everything. It, like it's like okay, it makes a lot of sense. Clearly, doesn't it? he doesn't feel you know a hundred percent behind either Oklahoma or Ole Miss, so he's going to check out something else to see how he feels about that. He's either very interested in the BYU situation or it was a courtesy visit. For so his I don't family. know what younger that is. Brother. To help his younger brother. All right. right. It was weird that know. his it, younger brother dressed up in full uniform for photos. 
Oh, at, in Provo? Do you yeah. think that they mm-hmm. slipped him some power bar money underneath the table while he was there? I don't know what that nutrition company they're in trouble over is. Is that a power bar or that's a some kind of nutritional supplement company or something that gave I all the scholarships the to the walk-ons? I think they just slipped him another wife right now. But that I want, I'm not going to say. But that. that's legal in that place. He, he well, he doesn't have a wife Very in inaccurate. the first place. Is it not legal to be married to more than one woman in Utah? No, I think it is. Okay. I thought it wasn't. And no. That's the whole big love secret thing. Like they, I never really got in into multiple that houses. Didn't really understand it. Is it like a medical marijuana card? It's like you might not really have a medical condition, but here's your card? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, depending on where you live, people may look the other way or may not. I, you know, again, I've never lived in Utah. I'm not going to claim it, but that's. I mean, is I guess anybody my very anywhere really chasing down polygamists? Is that what they they're called? Or they is it polygamy? Yeah, nicely done. Yeah, mm-hmm. polygamy. Is yeah, anybody? I mean, when's the last time you saw a story about some man in? Florida getting arrested for being married to more than one woman. I, like it, it's, it's crap. Well, that's the thing. Nobody's chasing that down. Yep. I don't know. Mitt you Romney can be might. married to as many people as you want. Nobody's going to do anything. <laughs> and I did not hear what Eddie said. Thank God. Yeah, it's for the best. It's for the best. Does it need a... <laughs> Does it need a... We're upsetting... It does you not know, need a mark. I, I okay. It just needs... believe U.S. Senators, to move on. Something... <laughs> Yep. I said Mitt Romney might. <laughs> He's a big Utah guy. Well, I his a brother that lived next door to him. We were Park listening City. to that BYU game driving home from Kansas State, and his uh, son was the quarterback, or his, his nephew or whatever. His, his, I think it was his nephew at the time. Great, His great nephew or something was the quarterback yeah. for BYU. No doubt. I don't know why we were listening to that BYU game. I think that's, that's a weird choice. That shows you how late it was. And how nothing else was on, basically. Welcome to the Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, I'm I not... mean, we haven't we haven't discussed this at all, but you know, BYU is going to be in the Big Twelve. So that's a yeah. little feather in their cap that they have. You know, I I I honestly hadn't even thought about that angle uh, until you just said something. I I'll be honest, before I said it, I hadn't thought about it. Well, that's pretty genius on your part. I'm a quick thinker. Yes. The. I don't know. I don't even know if we want to get into that. It's like the with the divisions and stuff that. Uh, no, but it, it gives like some, I don't know, some push to BYU for dark because he knows he'd be playing in a power five conference if he goes sure. there. Sure. Even if it's just for one year in 2023, it's not. It doesn't make it seem so like this makes no sense why he would go there when you add in the fact, oh, yeah, they're also going to be a power five team very soon. It's very much in a wait and see mode. I mean, I I, I don't think anything can really truly happen as far as the quarterback situation. Uh, And I don't even know if there is a situation because of the Dylan Gabriel uh, arrival that just kind of wait and see. I mean, I, guess I think it's so safe speculation. To, I think it's safe to put it this way. Look, we all need Caleb Williams to announce, you know, for USC or whatever, just to get that out of the way, just to just to move past it. And 
is it is it bad that I've just completely it's like blocked out of my brain right now? Well, I'm just like, saying, I, I think we've care. all come to terms with it. We don't care. But for the fan base, I think it's an important step. I think the fan base is is completely over it. Like, the, I, it will be telling. Okay, let people, me put it this way. For the people that haven't gotten over it, I need them to stop DMing me, asking me Caleb Williams questions. <laughs> that's I, that's where I was going. That's where I was going, Carrie. I think it's going to be telling for the people that get angry still online when it does happen. It's going to happen. Those people should be excommunicated from the fan base because those are the crazy people. It's going to happen. It's going weeks. to happen. I, I know, I know. But I we need to put it out right now to where the people that get overtly angry about it in knowing that they had a month to prepare for it. <laughs> those people are too busy screaming on Twitter spaces. They're not listening to us. I should say they're listening to other idiots that are pushing agendas. So there's only so much you can do. Fair. I got nothing just, against Twitter spaces. I mean, we're, we'll probably no. do some of that stuff at some point. Oh, I'm just I, that's saying, not what I was talking that, about at all. That yeah. that thing is it's a it is just mass chaos. Is it, sometimes. is it safe to say that the people that will get angry when it's finally announced that Caleb Williams is going to USC are the same people that get their information and their sports news from Facebook? Yeah, but all those people are coming to Twitter now. That Venn That's diagram the thing. is going to look, yep. That okay. Venn diagram is getting larger in the middle because sure. it's just like I tweeted about the other day. Lincoln Riley is the one who brought all these people to Twitter with his eyeball emojis. It's fascinating. And now he cannot breathe online. He won't. He limits his replies. He, he does not participate in social media anymore. Has he blocked any of you all? No, and I'm I'm no. I'm surprised I have not been blocked. Nope. I, I'm I'm I kind of feel the same, Carrie. I'm a little bit surprised that hasn't happened to me yet. Um, not that like we've gone all in or crazy or anything, but there's, I mean, there's there's been some jazz. I I thought maybe my state comment would would get you know because I know he got pretty pissy about the uh, brisket thing uh, over the summer, so I wondered <laughs> if that was going to do it. But well, it that's did the not. thing. He is very sensitive. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. He was sensitive about the brisket stuff. He's he was he's been sensitive about everything, and then he did what he did, and it's just like, yeah. The, I mean, the the outrage has been. And look, I I that stuff. I don't sit back and laugh at it because I have been targeted by the Twitter mob, and it was for calling him a dick. Like, I almost <laughs> lost a job over that. So I don't think it's funny. I think it's it's scary, and it, it's it's not normal. But, I mean, there's some real insanity out there as far as Lincoln is concerned on Twitter. I mean, just posting about it, you get this hatred and vitriol that you don't even ask for. And I think the most interesting part of it is seeing the USC fans be like, whoa, these people are insane. Yes, this, this is what a real football fan base is like. You guys don't get it. I was going to yeah. say, I would say that the just the... From a pure passion standpoint, I'm not saying that USC doesn't have passionate fan base. I'm sure that they have segments, but it's a little bit of a different world. It's a very and, different and, world, yeah. And, I mean, with that said, like Oklahoma, as they make the move to the SEC, I think they're going to see that it's a little bit of a different world you're over there You're not crazy well. enough, yes. You, Yeah, you think you're crazy. <laughs> like, 
have somebody we go poison fit. trees yet. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and do you guys think that there, there's something to like, there's not enough people to combat the Oklahoma fans that Lincoln Riley's dealing with. Like there's not enough USC fans. Like, no, say he'd gone to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Say he'd gone to Alabama. There'd be enough crazies to put out the fires for him that he didn't have to do it. OU fans are just overwhelming the USC base because there's just not as many nutso USC fans as there are Oklahoma fans. And I, I say that with love. A good portion of those nuts are our members. So, like, I'm fine with it. It just is well, what it is. And the USC order. fans are... Yeah, maybe you haven't you seen know, the over 200-page portal thread on the site right now. So, yes, Is that up to a million I, views know, by now? My God, I haven't even looked this morning. Lord. You know... Stoops no, Bros. It's, it's close Shout to 700-something. 720,000 views so far on that thread. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. 217 pages. You know, I, I I know that people want us to talk about, like, the Caleb Williams, like, super secret backstory stuff. And I, I put it in that transfer portal. Like, I think everything that's we've that everything that's been out there that I'm aware of, we've kind of talked about. We've kind of insinuated. I don't think that there's, like, anything – necessarily that hasn't been said i think his dad's an asshole prick i think that caleb is getting the he's and is going to get the and continue to get the wrath of a lot of stuff that his quote-unquote team has done uh Unless i don't know that's I, caleb and true. he's just having the team do it for him true and i've talked to people that have kind of insinuated maybe it's somewhere in the middle i think that probably a lot of the times like a lot of things in life it is towards the middle that Everybody involved is to be blamed because, uh, you know, at some point, I think if you're a 19, 20 year old kid, you can stand up to your parents and say, no, I'm not going to do that. But I don't know. I guess in a way, I kind of feel sorry for the kid. And I say kid knowing that he's 19, 20 years old. I don't know. I. I guess at the end of the day, I was telling you guys before it, I sort of hate everybody involved with it on that side. I don't know. I, I just don't think that there's like a lot of stuff that we have to, has to be explained. I don't think that there's a whole lot of like secrecy involved about it. I it, like the I know the number one question is like why hasn't he announced? I don't know. I'm asking the same questions. I think it's bullshit. Mario Williams is asking the same question because he already made that choice. Of- you know what? Last last Saturday. Well, Terrell McCutcheon. Has that's made the, the part same that's conf- and his family was. Basically, they said more than anybody of the outgoing players as far as the hatred towards the coaches on the defensive side of the football. And this kid ends up playing for him. It's hilarious. Uh, like I said, Latrell is a kid that I had a good relationship with. Still speak like he and I. There's no problem there. It's it's hard to connect going to USC with all the things that were said by him and his family over the last month or two, or even during the season, some of the stuff that was coming out from those close to him. Like I, that's fine, man. And they're right. He it's his life. He can live it however he wants to live it, but it just doesn't make sense. Like all the people that, that seemed to be the problem are not at Oklahoma anymore. They're they're at USC. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, like like Brent, like Venable talked about. You are recruiting your own problems. You are bringing your own problem. Like you were rid of them. You were clean. You were free. 
and you were going to play under one of the best defensive minds in college football, and the whole situation with Texas, and you know the fact that Jay Valai was there early on in Latrell's recruitment, I did just shut everything else down. And like, guys, that, that was. Doesn't this tell us, too, something about guys like Marvin Mims, like Key Lawrence? Like, those guys are, you know, they're they're showing that they are team guys. Like, I know the stuff with Marvin Mims' dad was out there and his trainer, uh, but Marvin Mims, and, you know, maybe he goes through the spring and he doesn't like it and he leaves, but it seems like Marvin Mims, and I know his dad said something reassuring to fans the other day on Twitter about, he never went anywhere. Um, but, like, everybody was worried about it. I really feel like Marvin Mims, as a player, like, he's he's bought in at this point. 100%. I think the, a little bit of the Marvin Mims stuff was always a little bit overemphasized as far as just people thought that maybe there was something more than there really is there. But it wasn't and coming it from back. him. It was coming from his dad and his trainer. They're right. the ones that made people question how dedicated he was to OU. Right, and Marvin Mintz can't. He can't. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Tell his dad to shut up or <laughs> log out of Twitter? Like, seriously, like, he can't control what those people are saying. But it, it kind of goes back to the idea of, so, like, when his trainer posted that thing about, like, not using him enough, I think everybody kind of agrees about that. Yeah. That Marvin Mims wasn't used enough last year. I think year, people were pissed because it, it looked Bradley's like he fault. was yeah, it looked like he was pointing fingers right. at the University of Oklahoma and not the coaches, and specifically Dennis Simmons, who was his good friend. And sure. By the way, yeah, you know, the whole Dennis Simmons thing, like, it's so weird because you talk to people that were close to him because he's he's more of a out. He's more like Lincoln's an introvert. Dennis is more of an extrovert. A lot of people knew Dennis Simmons like. They like Dennis Simmons. They still like Dennis Simmons. They just know that he's tied to Lincoln Riley. I mean, he's basically his right-hand man for everything. Oh, I've said it over and over again. That's the one person I am convinced knew yeah. something was happening before it was happening. Right. I, I've, I've heard other names. I, I've heard Benny Wiley was kind of privy to some of it. And I don't know if that's true, but like I've heard it. He's the one that I'm like, I've heard it and I believe it. Like just because of yeah. exactly what Kerry just said. That's his guy, man. That that's that's Riley. That seems to be the one guy Riley clearly let inside of his circle. Just go back and look at the uh the day that he filled in, uh the week of the uh the bye week or the week of the Baylor game, excuse me, when uh he filled in at the the luncheon. Just the some of the answers, it's like looking back on it, you just kind of wonder, like, hmm. Did he, he knew, know something was knew, going on? He down. knew where yeah. Lincoln was that day. <laughs> and it's believed that he was meeting with his agent. Yeah. What? God. But, I mean, like, if that's true, the cover, like, if you're Spencer, are you not furious that you were, I mean, whether Lincoln ever said it publicly or not, he knew what everyone assumed. And he let Spencer take the heat for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there, there, there's stuff with Lincoln that I'm like, oh, people get mad. But, man, letting the if – that's, if that's true, again, I don't know that it was. But if that's true and you let a college kid take the heat for your bullshit, that's insane. Yeah, I – 
it would be super interesting to uh, if you could lock uh, Michael Rattler and Brad Stogner in a room with uh, Lincoln Riley, what would happen? <laughs> Not all of them would come out. Yeah, I, I think that there's two that would come out. I don't like Lincoln Riley's chances of coming out of that room alive. <laughs> Just from the things that I've heard. Okay, I'm done. I'm done with the Lincoln talk. Yeah. I don't want USC fans coming and telling us we're crying. Oh, what are they well, going to do? Hey, all, all 12 You of wouldn't them? be You're able fine. to understand them through the triple masks anyways. Carrie, I would bet our official account has how many like followers does the SC football account have? I think we have quite a bit more, just our own account. Yeah, that's a good question. They've got sixty three thousand. Soonerscoop.com has over seventy. Let's go to war. Let's do it. <laughs> let's yeah, do, let's it. do it. <laughs> we we have over ten thousand more followers than the USC official football, football account, account on Twitter. That's in. An OU is what, like 600,000 or some crazy thing? 660,000 for OU's football account. They're 10, they're 11 times larger than USC's account. That's crazy. I mean, that puts it in perspective. Like, you just can't fight that battle on Twitter. You're going to lose. I don't think I realized it was that dramatic. Yeah, I knew USC's football account was not that big. I mean, compared to, I mean, it's, it's big to. You know, Joe now to, to be fair, I mean, that's also I mean, they've had Clay Helton at the helm while Twitter exploded and, you know, those like so I th there's there's some reasons that are not their fault. But, you know, they're they've been probably more active over the last month and a half on Twitter than they have been in the previous, you know, five years. Well, they had to take over doing the emojis because Lincoln won't do it. <laughs> That is crazy. That that's just crazy. Again, that feeds to Gary's point, like the sensitivity. Like, why not? Like, why not just tweet it and turn your mentions off? Like, you don't have to worry about any of it. It's, it's what's going to happen. Is what's going to happen? But you still get to connect with the people you're trying to connect with. It's because you I, don't want because he knows how valuable that is for recruiting, sure, and he yeah. doesn't want his post to just be littered with OU fans calling him a you know. A traitor, or a, you know, scared or whatever. Mm -hmm. I told That's you true. guys back, like even when it all happened, even like in the in the aftermath, and like the the two weeks after he made the move, I think that uh, underestimated maybe would be the right word, just as far as like the the anger and vitriol uh, that that came from the Oklahoma fan base. I think was a little bit of a surprise to the uh, Riley contingent. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't why. thought out that way. Which I don't like. I don't know how you could be surprised right. with how everything went. <laughs> how? Are you an idiot? Are you stupid? I don't know how you could be surprised that people would be mad about the way that things went down. But I mean, it is what it is. There's a lot I could say. I don't want to anymore. I mean, yeah, I'll say yeah. it. I mean, say it. <laughs> I'll say talking to the signees. You know, all the mid-year guys that, that they were coming in. It was your question after Bedlam that assured them they were going to be okay. They're like, oh, he's not going to LSU. I don't have to worry. So they're even more off guard because of that. Then, like, if he would have went to LSU, I think they would have been upset, but they would have understood there were, like, dots to connect in the, the month 
prior so that it sort of made sense. But when he said what he said after Bedlam about not being the next LSU head coach to, to your question, that had all these recruits believe and they had nothing to be concerned about heading into signing day. Well, I think everybody was the players, everyone, the fans, the media. None of us thought there was anything to worry about after that until we woke up that Sunday morning. So what Bob is saying is Kerry was part of this lie. I I helped further it along. <laughs> I'll take that bullet. Yep. I deserve it. Kind of cool. Hey, let me take a quick time out. Um, guys, you're probably kind of going through what I am, which is, you know, you wore flip-flops and all that and uh, during the summer, and then it got cold, and it's just become a pain in the ass uh, to put those big, thick socks on and your tennis shoes or your dress shoes or whatever. Uh, and I can tell you how you can make it easier. Go to deadsoxy.com and get your Oklahoma collection. A lot of great collections out there right now with uh, prices reduced. You can get the entire eight-pack Oklahoma edition for $125, $124.95. And the reason I say it makes your life easier because the socks are premium quality. They're very thin. Uh, if if you're tired of putting on your big, thick socks and in your shoes and losing that freedom of having your feet free, Go to Dead Soxy. They'll help you out with the uh, the boardroom collection and the college socks, especially the Oklahoma socks. Lots to choose from. Go check out our friends at Dead Soxy. Uh, DeadSoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And use that promo code BOOMER for 20% off your order. So uh, if you don't want the OU section or you want to get some no-shows even just to feel a little bit freer, uh, go do it. Use that promo code BOOMER, 20% off, DeadSoxy.com. So, um, outside of that, Josh, I've had this question, um, and I think it's something we need to address. We, we talked so much about the transfer portal. What does signing day hold for Oklahoma? I, it actually, guys, if you would have asked me 10 days ago, I don't think I would have thought it was going to be that interesting. I thought, oh, you know, maybe we got too excited in December and thought a lot was going to happen, but I... There are a few races that are going to come down. I mean, we may have some signing day announcements, some stuff to cover. Um, we may, you know, there's a possibility we have to send, you know, Eddie to, you know, Dade County and, you know, spend a few days on the beach, cover some announcements, you know, see, see what's going on. Yeah, you know, get some COVID, you know, meet some Adderall dealers, you know, whatever. Um, but no, uh, it, it does. I mean, it looks interesting. Oklahoma's bringing in five guys this weekend. Um and not, you know, I, not that's not right. I was going to say not one of them from their own time zone, but one of them actually is. So uh, I, I think we'll start with the name that everybody's most familiar with, and that's Gentry Williams. Um, for those that don't know, and this is a rule that I wasn't even certain about, I knew of um, a different I aspect. I like an idiot that I didn't know about this, Josh. Yeah. The I, double I, visit I, well, rule? It just doesn't pertain mm -hmm. often. Yeah. It, it just it, never really matters. Exactly right. That that I was so okay for for people what we're talking about when there is a coaching change, there is an NCA rule that allows for a new head coach to come in and do an in-home visit with a player. And head coaches only have one of those per recruiting cycle, but if a coach changes, then then it's renewed. Like basically you're back down to zero. So when Lincoln Riley, if he had done an in-home visit with Gentry, it would be okay, and Brent Venables could then come in and do one anyway because of the because of the change. Obviously, that didn't happen here because Lincoln left before that window ever opened. 
but I didn't realize it also counts for official visits. And like Bob was saying, it never tends to matter because you go in, you do the in-home, and the kids sign anyway. Even, you know, the guys that didn't end up at Oklahoma, they signed somewhere else. So you don't really have – it doesn't matter. It's not part of the game. But Gentry, you know, obviously oh, he'd done his official visit back during the season, and now he's going to come in this weekend and take an official visit because he can because he didn't sign in December. So that is obviously going to be huge. Oklahoma now has their cornerbacks, Coach Jay Valai. Uh, a guy that what's interesting is Valai didn't really have much of a relationship with Gentry. Uh, I know there was some initial conversation when Valai was still at Texas. Um, but I don't think there was ever really any relationship at Alabama. What's funny is he did have a relationship with Micah Tease, Gentry's buddy right. and Gentry's younger teammate. So it, it's strange that there's a little more connection to the younger player at Booker T than the older guy. But that is just kind of how it was. And I know Micah loves Jay Valai. So I think that should help OU coming into this weekend. And, uh, you know, obviously being around Brent Venables, being around, you know, Brandon Hall, the, the whole real, the whole defensive crew will be there and get to really give him the full pitch. And I think that's going to be huge. And I, I, I still have very little doubt that Oklahoma is what Gentry Williams will end up doing, but, you know, maybe we come out of this weekend and we start hearing something different. But to me, that's the only way it goes. I, I think he either comes out of this weekend and doesn't say much, but everything's going to be okay, or he, he comes out and announces something. I, maybe there's a small chance that he says, nope, that's just not for me. That's not going to be the fit, but I, I don't see that. In his heart, Gentry wants to go to Oklahoma. I, I, I think that's just the reality. Um I know there's been a lot of Jackson State kind of innuendo. I'm supposed to sit down and talk with Gentry. That We had kind of set something up, and then it was like, oh, he's taking this official this weekend. It won't be on Saturday. So we're still lining that out, but obviously it'll be best to talk to him after the visit anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, like I said, I think Gentry just has a lot of affinity for Oklahoma. There's a lot of connection there. And, you know, we talked about it when he committed, guys. He said to me, he was like, I, I'm kind of buying in to, you know, what these guys are selling can be. Well, Brent Venables doesn't have to sell you what can be. He can sell you what he's done. Like, it's not a, oh, this is hype. You know, this is, if everything goes our way, it's going to be this. It's, I've done this. Come here, work, you know, work with us, work with our staff. We're going to get you where you want to go. And I, I think that's an easier sell because Gentry knows he's extremely talented, but he also knows he's raw and he needs guys who are going to push him. And I think that's something that he'll buy into at Oklahoma with the new staff. Where do you want to go next? You want to go DFW kids, Florida kids, or uh, Grayson Halton? Uh, I, I would guess, I mean, there's three visitors from Florida. There's the guy, I guess Grayson Halton is probably the best place to start just because I know kind of the opposite of Gentry. He's just not as well-known to OU fans. Uh, big defensive lineman out of St. Augustine in San Diego. Uh, really uh, a guy that OU targeted pretty quickly after um, after Brent took over and after they started to get some things in place. And it looked like he would stick with Oregon. He didn't sign, but then pretty – I'm getting my timeline right. I want to say it was – very shortly thereafter is when Cristobal left for Miami 
And then it was like, okay, this is real. This could happen. And talking to some sources, I had thought until earlier this week, eh, he'll probably stick with Oregon. Dan Lanning's obviously got a lot of, you know, he, he's got a lot of uh, momentum right now. Oregon's doing pretty well securing some of their prior commitments. But talking to a few people, I, I get the impression Oregon thinks it's going to be OU or Miami. I, I think they don't feel that great about their chances. Now, what I was told is that they, they kind of think it's going to be Miami, but that Oklahoma absolutely has a chance here. So this weekend will be huge. Um, obviously, always interesting to see how a kid from South, Southern California responds to an Oklahoma January weekend. You never know. Sometimes they don't care. Sometimes it bothers them. We'll see. You, you just don't know. But um, I, Oklahoma has a real chance here, and you've got to love what Todd Bates has done so far. I mean, the guy... You know, going out and getting Jeffrey Johnson against LSU. I mean, even for very early moments in the recruitment, he's showing, you know, that he's worthy of some of the reputation he has. And I think he'll be big here. All right. Um, anything else of note uh, in terms of just potentials that, I mean, how many guys could Oklahoma actually take from high school with the way that the portal's going? Well, I mean, that's the thing. So as you right. look at it now, they're at 73 scholarship players with the guys that have arrived early. Now, then you throw in, they've still got eight uh, commitments that haven't enrolled and done all that, including Gentry. So then you're at 81. So you've got four spots there. Now, you assume a few other guys will leave or, you know, things will happen. I'm guessing you probably got about a max of six spots at this point is probably what you're working under. They're bringing in five guys this weekend, so clearly, and then you've still got Dart and Trigg. So, I mean, if Oklahoma does what I think they're hoping they'll do, I mean, you're you're talking about six right there. Because, uh, like I said, I've mentioned five, but Gentry's part of the the eight uh, committed players that are you know expected to sign in in February. So, there are um, there are things you've got to work with. But I mean, I like I said, it's clear. They are working hard to get to 85. Like, you know, I know it's upset fans in the past where OU's been at 81 or 82 to start the season or whatever, not used all 85. I don't think that's the plan here. I, I, I mean, and, you know, they are obviously still working on guys like Josh Connerly. So there are plenty of things there that make me think that, uh, Oklahoma's going to try to fill. And I guess, you know, just to fill out the, the final bit of this weekend are the three Florida guys, Jamarian Burt from Ocala, Florida. Big DB, really like him on tape. A guy that real physical, real long. I think he could move to safety, but I think he can play corner. I think he can turn and run. I don't think that's it's a requirement that he's going to have to move to safety. I just think he has that flexibility, and that's something Brent liked at Clemson a lot. He liked those guys that could move around a little bit, and it was true at Oklahoma as well. So he's always liked the guys that give him you know some options of okay, we're, we're heavy at corner, we can move this guy to safety and he can make plays for us, or, excuse me, vice versa, whatever it may be. And then, obviously, you have the two teammates uh, from Cardinal Gibbons uh, that I was saying Eddie may have to, uh, may have to pay a visit to. Ah- Ahmad Moten, uh, uh, the big defensive tackle that was, was Brent Venables' first offer after taking the job, and then R. Mason Thomas, the, uh, the big pass rusher that's committed to Iowa State. I, I like where they are with both guys. They're going to visit Miami the final weekend, so you just never know what that's going to mean. But I'm sure Oklahoma is hoping, especially I think in the case of Thomas, 
that they can get him maybe to flip this weekend. That 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 would be he's probably the one I'm watching the most closely, probably along with Burt, because I just don't know Burt well enough to know what he might do. But those are the two. If you said, "Hey, who, who could who could do something this weekend?" Those are the two I'm kind of watching, um, just because I, I think there is uh, a the level of interest and b you know you kind of look at their options and the connections they have with the staff, and I feel like Oklahoma could be the right call. All right, um, Bob, we we screwed you out of basketball talk last week. <laughs> And then they they go and lose, see? And we now nobody to wants to hear about, about it. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not pleasant, the, the schedule coming up. No, it's not pleasant. And for the first time, you know, with that loss against Kansas, that was the first game where they played well enough to win and didn't win. And that, that hasn't happened, I thought, throughout the course of the season. They were, you know, you had a dud in Austin against Texas. TCU, you had all the turnovers, all the bad shots. Against Kansas, that is about as well as OU is going to play and not win a game. And so I'm very intrigued to see what their mental makeup is going to be. We've seen Mo Gibson, Jordan Goldwire tweet about, you know, don't give up on us. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it right. Porter Moser saying, I'm not going to lose this team. Like, my man, it's it's going to be rough. You got Baylor. You're at West Virginia. You're at Auburn. That's your next three games. It it's going to be very just how mentally tough is this team going to be? And physically, will they get Ethan Shagwa and CJ Nolan back for Baylor? They just shot the ball so poorly on Tuesday yeah. night against Kansas. Yeah. I mean, you go four for seventeen from behind the arc, and two of those are from CJ Nolan. He doesn't even play in the second half because of the concussion protocol and. Uh, you know, Bob, it's something that we've kind of talked about privately just as far as Tanner Groves. Is he getting beat up inside? Is he getting worn down? Because he's not shooting the ball. And you can tell that it seems like he's missing a bunch of shots short. Yep. And it would just seem that he's getting worn out inside. Chagwa's not going to really help you out as much inside as much as I just think that he would help kind of, I guess, carry that burden inside a little bit. But at the end of the day, you got to shoot the ball better, and especially at home. I would expect them to not go four for seventeen. I don't know. Least, I don't know. It, and you got to get something out of Elijah Harkless. I mean, him and uh, yes. him and uh, Tanner Groves combining to go. I think they were five for nineteen on. It Tuesday wasn't pretty night. Tuesday. I think I, Harkless. There's times he puts so much on to the defense, he has nothing left on the offense. And I also think there's times when he gets past the ball with like five on the shot clock yeah, and he's forced situation. to just chunk it up. Cause there's no other option, but yeah, he, what him and Tanner Gross have done the last you know week and a half or so that's, that's got to change. And the, the, the worry th- I mean, they just haven't shot the three well at, at all during this yeah. recent stretch. And I, I don't well, think as close as the games have been, it's not like you're asking them to be great. I mean, you're not asking right. Bo Gibson to go out and just be a machine you just got to hit a couple of threes here and there. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that the offense of that. I mean, you talk about the offense being bad against KU. I mean, against TCU, it was horrific. I mean, I yes, I wanted I wanted so bad for that game just to be over so I could stop watching it. It was terrible to watch. If they would have played with the intensity that they did Tuesday night, Bob, they would have won the game Saturday in yes. Fort Worth. 
Yeah, and, and that that's why tomorrow is so intriguing, because can they bring that intensity again after they've seen when they bring it, it doesn't even mean they're going to win. Because I do, there's no doubt. They play like they did against Kansas. They beat TCU. There's no problems there. But now that they've lost that game against Kansas, can they bring that intensity, but even to another level, because they're going to have to, to try to beat Baylor. And if they don't have Nolan back, I'm very curious about rotations. Mo Mo Gibson went 38 minutes Tuesday because that's what he he had to do. And he had that awesome eight-point stretch, step back three. He never scored again. He got tired, too. There were a lot of tired players on that court for OU Tuesday night. And, I mean, uh, it's nice that they didn't have to travel throughout the course of this week, and then they got the rest Wednesday. But if Shagwa and Nolan aren't back or aren't 100%, that's going to show up again Saturday. Sure. <laughs> it's just this this freaking conference, man. I mean, it feels like you get a breath of fresh air, and then you look up and – uh, three of your next four are not just against teams that are in the top 10, but in the top seven in the country when you throw in Auburn. Uh, you know, if, if I was telling you guys earlier, it's like if Tech, if you want to say that Tech, Kansas, and Baylor have kind of separated themselves, four through 10 in the Big 12, you could literally flip a coin in any order, I would say. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. And 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 that's the problem is when you – Look at the games that are against, you know, ranked teams, especially like in the top 10. And then you slip in a TCU or a West Virginia. Those become must-haves. And yeah. the TCU is the one they let get away. It's like if you play Kansas State, that's a must-have. It doesn't matter where, home or away. You've got to get that type of game because you can't lose that. And then it starts a string of losses like like last year. That's what, you know, they lose at Kansas State. Then you lose both the Bedlam games, and now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're not feeling too good about yourself. Same thing happened this year. You lose TCU, where it could have been all years alternating wins, losses, wins, losses. Now you're in three-game funk, looking at Baylor in a two-game road trip next week, where you could realistically be eyeing a six-game losing streak. Yeah, the farthest away you can travel in the Big Twelve, and then. Uh, you know, I think Matt Norlander had his power rankings at Auburn number one this week. So it certainly doesn't get any easier. And it's on ESPN Plus, And I know a lot of people are not going to like that tomorrow. I'm not Good even shit. sure if I have ESPN Plus or not. I think I do. I think I pay for it, but I'm not sure. That's probably seven bucks a month I need to get rid of. I dipped in and just bought the entire thing. I think it's like 70 bucks. I tried, but I get Hulu for free with Spotify, so it won't let me buy the package, which would be cheaper. Oh, yeah. The whole thing's just shitty. I mean, I can't believe that... I don't even want to get started on that. That's just so stupid that, like, going back into even last week when Texas and Iowa State, probably the marquee game on a Saturday in the afternoon, is on ESPN+, and you can't watch it on television. Just ridiculous. I can't wait till OU goes to the SEC and then the Big 12 gets the biggest deal in history from, like, Amazon. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, it's trending in that direction. Like, sure. All the streaming services are now putting their eyes, eyes towards sports as a way to grow. Like, Netflix has 222 million subscribers. It's insane. They make, like, $8 billion a year. 
That's just revenue. I mean, they're gonna it's they're incredible. gonna buy a sports league at some point. One of these are, and it's what I've been saying for years and years and years. Well, and is, now, it, is it next year that Amazon takes over the uh, NFL Thursday yeah, night? Yeah, it's only on Amazon on Thursday nights. It's amazing. Sorry, phone's ringing. I think say, was there any doubt whose house that was? You knew it was Kerry because he's the only one of us I bet that has a landline. I do it for you people. <laughs> By the way, uh, you really never know when you're going to pose a question out to the world that just blows up. But when I said this morning that I was thinking about that I'm going to get a dog, it's literally taking over my life, people's suggestions about dogs. Uh if Eddie and Bob want to check out, I totally get it. I've got an hour or two to spend with you on this topic. We are, we are good. Let's chop it up. We're going to talk about breeds. We're going to talk about adoption. We're going to see what's right for you, buddy. I'm now, here. are your dogs adopted, all your dogs? Now, they are the first two I've ever had that were rescues. But, yeah, both mine now are rescues. But I've always, I've always been a purebred guy. I don't have a strong feeling either way. I'm fine with either choice. You, you, you do what's best for you. I am not getting two dogs and naming one Boomer and the other Sooner. Just stop <laughs> giving me that suggestion. I Duncan don't, and Demon? Is that what we're going with? I don't own a single OU thing. I mean, my mom has bought me stuff. I do have stuff in closets because my mom used to buy me stuff. And I was like, Mom, I can't put that stuff in my house. Like, what am I supposed mm -hmm. to do with that? I'm, I'm a professional journalist. I can't do that. So, look, I know I've turned into... A slappy, basically, uh, through morning <laughs> animals and this podcast and everything else we're doing now and paying players, but I still have to keep some decorum of professionality. Mm -hmm. There's no no naming the dogs Boomer or Sooner. I, I have or Venables OU. or Porter or anything like that. I could name him I Porter because that's my street. Yeah, Porter's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good dog name. Um. So, oh, we're going to get a small dog? I've always, okay, like, there's dogs. I grew up, when I was very little, we had St. Bernard's. We had two of them. The first one was older, and it was very docile. Uh, the second one was insane. Uh, <laughs> and I literally think my dad drove it out to a farm um, because it would not be contained in a fence. We built fences for it, uh, we, like a big yard for it. But it never wanted to, it, it would hurt itself and cut its throat, like trying to climb the fence. And this is back in the 70s, I mean, 80s. But uh, then we had Cocker Spaniels for forever. And I like those dogs. Um, but like when I would take the Cocker Spaniel to obedience school, that's when I first fell in love with Rottweilers because they're mm -hmm. just the coolest dogs ever. And you think, because <laughs> you see them like in movies, and they're always like the security dog and stuff, but that's not sure. what a Rottweiler is. No, they're, they're big sweethearts. Uh, and I, I've always liked labs and retrievers. I just have. And okay. Everybody wants me to get some form of a doodle dog. Don't get a damn doodle. Damn everybody it, do wants that. me to get a doodle dog. Uh, they're, they're the new, like, she, like, you don't. I get like if you're if you you or your kid or somebody has allergies, man, get a doodle. Like makes all sense in the world. I get it. There's no reason other than that to get a doodle. Like they, they don't do anything different than any other retriever, and you're gonna pay twice as much for them. And see, isn't the reason for having a dog just kind of so 
it shake things up too. Like you want a, a dog that's a little bit of a shithead, right? It makes life fun, right? Am I wrong I mean, in that? You need to be prepared for like year one and year two, he's going to be a little bit of a shithead or she or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. By, by the time they're two, they're, they're, like, they get your routine, especially because you're basic. Like, I mean, you live a very different lifestyle than me, but like you have a routine. Like you do the radio show in the morning and mm-hmm. you do that, you know, like you're, you're, dogs love that shit. If, if you can keep them on a basic schedule, like mine right now, because we're doing this, they're not going for the walk, which is what we usually do after lunch. And they're looking at me like, what the hell's going on? And th- that's, hey, that's the deal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hundred percent. No, they're, they're cussing me, especially my, my one-year-old dog. He's a, he's a douche. I mean, there's just no other way about it. My, I've met them uh, both. Layla they're, calls him. They are. Yeah. They're, 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 um, rambunctious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Laney, Tiffany calls him a douchebag all the time and Layla can't say it. So she calls him a Dewey bopper <laughs> is what she calls him. So that, you know, what are you doing? He's Dewey bopping. So, you know, that that's kind of become a running thing in our house, but no. Yeah. Like I said, I, as far as it's just knowing what you want your energy level to be. And man, you know, I love you. You cannot leave ant killer out in your house with dogs mm. can't happen yeah yeah that's true yep. well that's so the thing. that is something and you have to consider it's only because i'm moving all this shit out of my house where mm-hmm. i can i can have a real life finally and <laughs> like i would never have a dog in this environment it just would not work yeah yep hey long as you know it and plus it's really going to help my instagram game i think oh i yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you you know you get to post on Instagram, but you don't have to post pictures of yourself. You don't have to be that People guy. can stop seeing my watches and just see my dog. Oh, God. You and your watches. I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to get a child. <laughs> I'm going to adopt a child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have an hour on why that's a horrible idea. Okay, let's, let's get into this. From what country are you going to adopt this kid from? America. I think you'd be awesome with an Asian baby. I don't think I can comment on that. because you're worried about the future you know review the board review i mean isn't like everybody's people are very uh they're very passionate about me not going to a dog farm and and doing a rescue isn't that kind of like what asian babies are like aren't those rescues mainly why don't people want you to go to a dog farm what is there something wrong with it i don't know they're I just no saying idea. that they're plenty they're don't go and it's basically like people saying don't go get a dog that someone creates when there are dogs out there that are going to die if they don't find homes oh really which is a reasonable Do stance but that's those? not what you want then don't sweat it do they have what i don't even know what a dog farm is I mean, just, like, I'm just like a breeder. Like a, a, like breeder. a kennel, yeah. like a puppy kennel. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I'm not talking about like the pet stores in the mall kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah. That stuff does exist, though. Yeah. I, hey, either, Carrie, I'm telling you, either way stuff. you want to go, you tell me I'll find you a damn dog. Like, I, I, you, I, I am, I love that kind of stuff. I will, both my dogs, I searched for for months before I picked the one I picked. So, and one of them, I made a great choice. She's a sweetheart. The other one is a, is a Dewey bopper. He's a, he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, you know, Hey, 50%, you know, I'm, I'm batting 50 I, hall of fame. Do I need to get two? No, 
No, no. start with one. Do not go crazy. Okay. Now, if you if you get one, you love it, and it's you have the time, and it's all good. Then hey, you know, fine, whatever. But start with one. Don't, t- two two is a lot for me, and well, I've just, never had less than two dogs in the last fifteen years. I just see all the TikTok videos where people come home and the dog has ripped up their couch. Mm-hmm. Yep. You you got to get a crate. You the, the, don't let them. You can't let them run free while they're puppies. Like they, they have to learn their areas. So we can go over all I was that. I got, I got, that. That was the tough oh, thing for us. Yep. Yep. That is that's get a trip, rid of man. all carpet. Oh God. Most we I don't have I only have carpet in the bedrooms in my house, so I think I'm okay there. Yeah, I mean and that like that's what you do. Like as they get old enough and they've proven, okay, they're fine in the crate. Okay, they're fine in a little bit bigger. You just keep expanding the space. And the spaces that have carpets or rugs, those are the last spaces that are available to them once you really <laughs> trust them. So, All right, good talk. I think yeah, I'm, I'm hey. square. I know where to go when I finally, six months from now, when everything is settled at the office and I'm ready to get a dog. Love it. Love it. I'm ready. You, you tag me in, coach. All right, anything else you guys want to hit on before we get out of here today? Or anything we missed that was of importance? The pictures of Schmitty working with uh, the team that they've gone heavy on content this week from OU football have hit me in a certain way. I I know that like the former players and most of everybody would say that it's like PTSD, but I see those pictures and I'm like, yes. You're back home. Work. Yes, you sheriff like, in town. I want to see it all. I would I I have been taking in as much Schmitty content as possible. I don't I don't know the one video they released where he was super nice older Schmitty. I didn't like that. I don't I, yeah, I, that I was <laughs> it was a little confusing like to me. Like telling people that, I even saw where Roy Williams was like he never told us he loved us. And then I, Bob Stoop fact, said, "Well, you were too busy crying in the corner to hear him say it." Maybe that was some content there that we don't really know like did they just was that a setup was he actually talking to the players yeah was it is it just for social media Ooh. but Eddie, yeah, you pointed out something for social media you pointed out something he hired uh, away the former was it nebraska strength coach to be on his yes, staff i think that that yes that had been reported by football scoop as well as the fans got their special teams coordinator in uh the nunez guy from uh, eastern michigan which is kind of interesting that He's not actually going to be a on the field on field staff. So yeah. how does that necessarily work? Although Brian Doherty wasn't yeah. on field either. So I guess that kind of makes sense as far as the way that they, they're gonna be able to work around that. If you're just screaming at everybody from the sideline, is that really on the field coaching? I mean, is it I don't know. I've I've always got a kick out of like the on field, like who can and cannot coach, like you're a loser if you're turning people in for that kind of stuff. Especially when Georgia has a staff of 200. <laughs> right. What is it? What's it's one insane. more matter? I will say, though, like I, I was talking to somebody the other day about, and I put this on the board, just as far as like the support staff and things that, you know, they've started to put together. And the more that we see, uh, I've, I've heard that like Joe C is basically doing everything that Lincoln wanted. And I think that's pretty on purpose. Yeah. As far as knowing that they need to expand the staff. Well, I mean, look, to- Lincoln Riley, and I want to get back into the discussion, but he has 
Um, he has rallied the masses. People are pissed. People are willing to do more than they were willing to do before he screwed OU over. Oh, I, I, Joe Harris said as much at that Board of Regents meeting. He said they're more invigorated than ever, and uh, it was kind of like one of those things of I'll you know, have to see it to believe it, and it's pretty obvious we're seeing it right now. There's no doubt about God. that. Guys, I mean, they got announced today. They're bringing in Jay Nunez from Eastern Michigan. Guy was a staffer <laughs> at Eastern Michigan. Is coming to be an like an analyst, basically. Yeah. For Oklahoma, I mean, that's that's an, that's a power move right there. Now, Nunez is from Oklahoma, and you know, th- there's connection there. But still, like that's a that's not something you see. Not everybody can do that. So it's clear Oklahoma yeah. is not just bringing bodies in, but they're spending the money to bring in good people that can help. Eddie, I, I'm laughing because I want you to know you exist, and I did hear Thank you bring you. up Nunez yes. before. Yes. Josh. Oh shit! I'm sorry, I missed it. Sorry, sorry. I'm an asshole. It's a great point, Josh. It's a great point. Damn it! From two Damn. minutes ago, I missed it. I'm it's still trying to finish Friday notes. Like. Damn you all! No, but and the other interesting thing was the rivals portal had put it out there that their kicker has entered the portal. Yeah, the kid from yeah. Eastern Michigan. I like. I still think that uh, Josh Plaster is supposed. To, he has a cannon of a leg. Obviously, uh, Michael Turk coming back. There's not going to be much of a situation at punter, but um, I don't know. Maybe something we keep an eye on here over the next couple of days. One more towards that 85, maybe. We're getting and I there. know. Uh, I, I did want to say just two quick things on guys. The we talked. Uh, I guess we didn't really talk much about the portal guys from last weekend. Obviously, it went very well. But as far as the uh, two official visitors that were on campus, Cavante Henry, I really like what I'm um, what I'm hearing there. It sounds like Oklahoma really did well. I don't think Michigan is end up going to end up being a big uh, role in his recruitment, even though he's currently committed to Michigan. It sounds like with the the changeover with Sean Nua going to USC, I think everything's kind of calmed down. And I know people think, well, he's a Los Angeles kid. I think he wants to leave Los Angeles, so I don't think USC is going to be the right fit for him. Uh, the only other thing really that's on the horizon for him is is Florida. And it just doesn't sound like he has much of a relationship. Sounds like he's kind of going to Florida so he can, you know, see what else is out there kind of thing. But I, I like where OU is. Uh, Josh Connerly, haven't heard as much. I'm told it went pretty well. I don't think anybody's, you know, getting overly confident. This isn't a Tristan Lee situation or anything like that. I think OU's trying to be very casual about all of it, but I, I get the impression that um, they are they, they feel like they're, you know, they, they've got an uphill climb in front of them. But uh, our buddy Ryan Young from a USC site uh, is actually out in Hawaii. He's going to see him and talk to him today. He's helping us out a little bit. And uh, going to get an interview so we can kind of hear where he's coming from um, following that visit and everything. So, like I said, still should be plenty of content even from last weekend and as we head into, obviously, five official visitors this weekend. Connor Lee is a perfect example of a transfer portal in future thing. You bring the visit now, you see what happens mm-hmm. with him where, wherever he goes. Maybe two years later he picks OU when he hits the portal or something. All right, uh, I want to real quick. I want to say uh, a big shout out, a big thank you. Uh, I finished up. I spent three days just texting and calling people, uh, raising money for the uh, the the boys' home in Tulsa and the uh, in Isaiah Thomas's NIL 
uh, merchandise. And, man, we had some major, you know, giving uh, that went on during that. Uh, basically had almost $10,000 in commitments uh, from people, and, and we're going to, you know, add on to that. Uh, the scoop is in, in making a donation to the boys' home. Um, that you know, I know when I say ten thousand, that was you know towards his merch, uh, to 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 give away to to you know places like that, like the boys' home and people in need. Um, uh, but just overwhelmed. It's so cool to actually like you know get to talk to a lot of you guys. Uh, when I'd call and get your credit card information, I mean, uh, you guys, I think what I would want you guys to know from this is like you know our site's like ninety eight percent men. Uh, but that 2% of women, like, I had the best, just most fun conversations with the ladies who were donating uh, that were just the biggest. Like, there was one woman, uh, and her daughter's a senior at OU, and we probably talked for, it was probably like 45 minutes. It seemed like about 10, uh, but just having great conversations with people. I know, um, I told you guys this yesterday. I had to call one of our uh, uh, a board. I don't know what would you call him, Josh. One of our troublemakers, uh, <laughs> one of our bigger Mal troublemakers, yes. uh, yes. comma twelve. Who we've we tried to perma ban at one point, uh, and we did, and then we let him back. But I called him. Had a great conversation with him yesterday, and it it really goes to show you that you know you can't always judge people online. Uh, you know, dealing with people in person is so different. So. Don't let you know. Don't let your mental health suffer because of what you're seeing online. Just know that that's usually not reality, and people will be jerks just to be jerks because they think it's funny. Uh, but it was great talking to to comma twelve yesterday. Really good dude in, in real life. Uh, but just just thank you so much to everybody. And if you still want to donate to the cause, uh, I know there's some people that I didn't have down on the list that want to donate. I will put a big post up on the, the board later on today, just thanking everyone uh, and getting those last few stragglers in. Uh, but there were 60 people on the list and every single person stuck with their donation and, and some really big ones. I mean, we had people that bought like 20, you know, 10 hoodies and 10 t-shirts at once. So uh, a couple of, uh, there was one guy I called and I said, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. You are the second biggest uh, donation to this. And he was like, second? He's like, I want to be first. And he added T-shirts so he could be tied with the person who donated the most. So it was just, it was an awesome experience. And, you know, especially during the holidays, we're going to be doing more of this stuff and and really getting, you know, athletes involved you know, through NIL with charities because I just think that's such a great thing that everybody can get behind. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that took part in that. And you said that Blaine Brown can come back with a ten thousand dollar donation. Yes, Blaine, ten ten grand in yes. your back. Man, Any, I, I, a penny I will less. Sign off. And sorry, no, but you can Venmo me, Sooner Scoop Store. <laughs> uh, and I, I want it to be what? known that this, you know, the the competition that Carrie brought up, that sales pitch was not used more than twenty seven times during these <laughs> phone calls, and the upcoming. Sooner Scoop trip to the Caribbean is completely unrelated. There's no connection. Don't look into that. I'm going to tell you, I found out something about myself, which is when it comes to charitable uh, giving, I'm a bastard. I'm not like, uh, maybe we have enough, so you're good. No, it's like, we have enough, and you're still giving. <laughs> I like it. That's so, what it's got to be. I mean, yeah. Gee. I'm a bastard. you got to take that. 
I will raise money for worthy causes. And I, I have no qualms about doing it. All right, guys. Uh, been a fun show. Thanks, to everybody, for listening. Sorry we're getting this out so late in the week, but blame Jackson Dart. All right? Uh, blame blame uh, the ranch steakhouse. He's um, going to announce the second We didn't even talk about out. that. I swear to God. Gary? The ranch steakhouse thing was just a, I just mean, it was insane. just a joke. It's insane. It was a little joke. And it just turned into, like, angry people. Like, how could you not, how could you work for such a worthless media organization that you don't know if that's Jackson Dart or not? It was kind of funny, though, that McKed Tower was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> At the very end. Yeah, he I, quote I tweeted no, the picture. Yeah, he said, he said, what did he say? Something like, no, but I can I block. Can block. I can yeah. block, too. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a good Which, line. You know, it was the perfect picture because you really couldn't tell that was an offensive lineman from the picture. It just It looked like a skinny guy with long hair sitting at a table. It didn't oh, look like a 280-pounder. Like, oh, God, the message boards are going to eat this up and say it's not big enough now. Uh, Eddie, I'm surp- I am shocked that narrative didn't really run wild. There's still time. Yeah, fair enough. His head's not, th- not athletic enough. That would have been... Oh, no, here we... The death nail. The hair looks great, though. I mean, look... I was disappointed I, that he doesn't go to dinner with the face paint on. The athletic head is... I mean, it has taken a real... The theory has taken a real nosedive thanks to Cam Rising being such a good quarterback. Because that's really where it started. I mean, he's good. He's really good. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to Dead Soxie as well. And uh, by the way, some news about the pod... We are moving to Spotify. Uh, This is not like a Joe Rogan deal, but I think it's going to help with some of you guys that have been having iTunes issues. Uh, It's not that we have anything against our our current providers. Spotify hit us up and said, hey, do you want to be on our platform? Uh, And you'll make more money from ads and stuff like that. So we're doing it because I like money. Um, And uh, so you won't see any change. Joe Rogan now? No, we're not. (laughs) I guess in, in some sense we are, yeah. Uh, so are get we your conspiracy. To Austin? Are we going to be like in between Joe Rogan and Tim Dillon's offices? <sighs> yeah. God, do Eddie and I just have to yell at each other about the vaccine? Is that all that's going to happen? No, now? Is no. That just the whole thing. No, we're still going to be on all the other platforms wherever you listen to us: Google, iTunes, all that. Uh, it's just going to be going through Spotify. So. Um, that's hopefully that will be changed for the good for everyone. So if you see some differences or whatever, uh, or something gets weird, or your subscriptions gets weird, just know that that's what's going on. So, and we'll deal with it when the time comes. So, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks you to everybody for listening. And we'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here from soonerscoop.com.